Today's episode of Spawned is brought to you by Flapjacked Mighty Muffins, a great new morning alternative to traditional breakfast options for active kids and time-crunched parents. Spawned listeners can save $10. That's 50% off the Mighty Muffin Sampler Pack with code COOL10 at flapjacked.com. Hello and welcome to Spawned, a common sense and hopefully fun discussion on parenting and parenting culture. Hey, I'm Kristen Chase. I'm Liz Gumbiner, and we are the co-founders of CoolMomPicks.com. And on today's episode of Spawned, we have a great guest. We're going to talk about work-life balance, if there even is there such a thing, thing? (laughs) with best-selling author, mom, and a work-life balance expert, Samantha Edda. Yeah, her new book, The Pie Life, is out this week. And then, of course, we will end our show, as always, with our cool picks of the week. So, Liz, we have known Samantha for years now. I know. Years. And look how far she's come. I mean, she's a Harvard MBA. So, yeah, so <laughs> ah, it might have been in the cards for her. Exactly. But she's a mom of three. She is a work life balance expert. And now she's a best selling author of five books. And her most recent, just out this week, is The Pie Life, which is an encouraging self improvement playbook. We like encouraging self improvement books. Yes, we do. For women who work specifically to help you banish the guilt and live a life you love. So welcome, Sam. Thank you. I am so happy to be here. I have always loved Spawned since you started, and I've loved the two of you even longer. So I'm so thrilled. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're our new favorite guest now. Yay. We need like a little bell. Ding, 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 ding. I know. I don't even think we need to do any more, right? We just got all the compliments. Have a great day, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So I really want to know, Sam, you say you're a work-life balance expert, and we've had a lot of talks about that here and on Cool Mom Picks, whether there even is such a thing when you're a working parent. What? your perspective on that? Well, the irony of the entire thing is that I personally deplore the word balance because I think there is no such thing. The only reason I am referred to that way is because that's the term that we all gather around as women. And I think one of the reasons I became so obsessed with this topic, I, I guess it was about six years ago, is I don't know if you remember, I was running a personal branding firm for a number of years after I graduated from business school. And I realized that you can talk to women about their personal brands without talking to them about the elephant in the room, which was how they were managing their personal and professional lives. Mm. And I realized that all of the ways we think about work and life are completely outdated and they don't work. And so the sort of three terms that we all talk about are work-life balance. And that doesn't work because for a scale to be equal, you have to spend equal time at you know work and at home. And no one who has a thriving career can do that. And no one who's ever seen the dishes in my sink <laughs> would think that I've ever seen Exactly. That. No one does. So then you're failing at that. So you feel badly about yourself. And then the other one is juggling. And anyone who's tried to have a conference call with a toddler or a pet in the room knows how hard that is. you know. And then we talk about having it all, which is so ridiculous because no one can even point to anyone who has it all. And so we we have all these outdated metrics, but we still use them. I once gave a talk to a group of USC women and I said, nobody has it all. Can you guys think of anyone who has it all? And one woman raised her hand as though I was crazy and said, of course, Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she has no stress in her life. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe Beyonce does have it all. And then Lemonade came out and we're like, even Beyonce doesn't have it all. Oh, that's a great point. Yes. Many women have uh, Becky with the good hair in their life and not just Beyonce. Exactly. So I think that I realized there needed to be a new 
new framework. And so I came up with this concept of the pie. And the idea is that you have all of these different slices of your life. And after working with thousands of women, I saw that the happiest and the most fulfilled were the ones that allowed themselves permission to play in six or seven slices, not just one or two. So a lot of us as working moms think that it's either we're at work or we should be with our kids. And at the end of the day, what makes you a better person is if you actually do focus on your health and you do focus on your relationship or your quest to find one and you spend time with friends, even squeeze in time for hobbies and your community. And that is what's going to make you then a better parent or a better partner or a better worker. And that's what we're kind of missing. So really it's about prioritization. I think that's a great term. And we've talked about that a bit too, that we have to figure out how to prioritize. And I like that you kind of, I mean, this is where the title of the book comes from, is that you talk about the seven slices of the pie and the combination of career, health, relationship, children, community, friends, and (laughs) should you have them, hobbies. We're going to rename you today officially, Samantha. You are now a work-life prioritization expert. I love that. We dub thee. Kristen, you are a branding expert. (laughs) I mean, yeah. If it weren't so many syllables, I would totally get on board with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's a really long one. Now, listen. So chapter one, it's called All of the Satisfaction, None of the Guilt, which I want this, but I'm wondering, does that set folks up for unrealistic expectations? I mean, can we truly be totally satisfied with life and be guilt-free? Well, obviously, we're all going to feel guilt at some point. But I'm saying take most of it away because I know you have so little time in your life and you definitely have no time for guilt because nobody is winning when you feel guilty. And I think that's part of the reason I love this slice idea because I'm saying go on the mom's night out, go on date night, have a good sex life and make time for the gym if that makes you happy. And then when you're with your kids, really focus on them and that's going to make you a lot less guilty. So if you're more present wherever you are, when you're at work, you're just giving 100% and you're not thinking about everything that's going on at home. When you're with your kids, you're focused on them, you're turning off your phones. That's what makes us lose a lot of the guilt. We're really giving 100% to wherever we are. And so I think one of the reasons I wanted so badly for women to get this message is because I felt like, why aren't we having fun? Like fun? Are we having fun yet? (laughs) We talk so much about all of our obligations. And it's like when you ask people what they want for their own children, they say they want them to be happy and fulfilled, but we're not modeling that life for them. And so the more you can model a life that you love, the more likely your child is to live a life they love. I like that. I think that's really smart. We've talked about modeling reading for kids, and I think modeling fun is great. Yeah. But let me challenge you a little bit on something. So, you know, you're talking about having a great sex life, having time with your kids, unplugging. Doesn't it kind of assume that everything is perfect in the house or that you have to get there? Okay. No. So... Here's the other thing we tend to all have in our life and we're all guilty of this. Okay. I've been guilty of it at times, although not recently because of this sort of realization is that no one escapes problems, but we all have someone on Facebook or a mom at school or someone that we think has a perfect life. She has, you know, the perfectly well-behaved kids. She has the doting partner. She has the perfect body, whatever it is we think that she has it all together. Yeah, think of the moms in like Beyonce's kids class. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, they're thinking that of Beyonce. So we're all thinking that of someone. And at the end of the day, if you had that person's treasures, you would have their troubles. Every single one of us has problems. Every one of us has issues that you have no idea about. If you had her body, you might have the illness she also is suffering from. Or if you had her career, you might have her debt that she's dealing with or issues with her partner that you have no idea about. We have no idea what 
goes on behind closed doors. And so it's much better to assume that everyone's life is imperfect. And part of what I think is getting us so caught in this constant cycle of, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. Or if I do this, I feel guilty is that we're striving for perfection that just doesn't exist. If I told you how many times are we allowed to curse on this show? How many? Yeah, yes. fuck yeah. I mean, at this point, I just come <laughs> home when my kids get home from school and I see them, I tell them stories about how mommy messed up that day. Like I have so many ridiculous things happen every day, but I just keep moving and thinking you know, in a day, you're hoping you have more good moments than bad moments. And you just have to laugh about it. The thing is that when we're working, we assume the stay-at-home mom has everything together. And the stay-at-home moms have just as many problems as the working moms. We all have the same issues, but What we tend to do is when things go wrong, we tend to blame work. And at the end of the day, work is a slice of your life that's going to keep up your fulfillment and happiness. And so when you see your life as all of these different slices, it makes each one a little less stressful. For example, I don't know if you guys do this, but I do. You lie in bed at night and you start thinking about all the things that are stressing you out. Do you guys do that? No. I have no idea what you're talking about. Two to five in the morning, two nights ago. But mostly it was about the election, I will say. That sounds like a nice luxury. I would like to lie in bed and think about the election as well. But many of us, um, not including Liz and not including Kristen, who never does this. Yeah, never, ever, ever. Ever. She has no issues and no problems. So what we do is we lie in bed at night and we start worrying about like the three things that are going wrong. Like we're fighting with our husband and our daughter is doing poorly in school and you just got bad news about something at work. So that's what we start thinking about. But if you have this slice method, then you force yourself to also think of the other slices. Well, wow, I've never actually been healthier in my life and I have more friends than I've ever had. And you end up forcing yourself to look at all of your slices as opposed to just the ones that are going wrong. And so when you think of your life as this full pie, I find that it just takes away a lot of the stress. The other reason I love the metaphor is because our lives are like really not meant to be perfect. And if you look at pies, the most tasteless ones are the ones that are like store-bought and perfect looking. The yummy, most delicious pies are the ones that are gooey and messy and like dripping off the sides. And that's how your life is supposed to look. I like a gooey, messy, drippy pie. (laughs) I'm just wondering, not a euphemism. I know it's not at all. But, you know, I'm wondering, how do you get people to let go? Because, you know, I'm just looking at my own life and I'm very type A and I give 100 percent mostly to pretty much everything that I do. I'd say 110 percent. Okay, 110. As your business partner. And so I can see the value of relationship and community and friends and all the things in the pie. But I have a really hard time letting go and being like, okay, I'm not going to be able to get to this because I want to have that thing called a hobby again. I, I don't know how to let go. So what do you say to people like me? Well, I think one of the things is the more we share our stories with other people, the better off we feel about our own lives. So for example, I personally, in the last couple of years, have totally shifted how I manage my relationships. I used to be so obsessed with having this certain image and keeping up that image for friends or colleagues or whatever. And now I'm like the first to share the story of how I screw up. I think that I was doing a disservice to women behaving as though things were perfect. A few years ago, I gave these two-minute lifestyle makeovers at Oprah's Live Your Best Life weekend. Yeah, I know. And you talk about that in your book, which is really cool. People would have two minutes to tell me their problem, and I would have two minutes to solve it, kind of like speed dating. Solve your problem in two minutes. If that's not an awesome promise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 
Well, it's really not about reflective listening. It's like, okay, here's what you should do. So anyway, in the beginning of the day, I would do these one-on-one lifestyle makeovers. And then the second half of the day, I thought, what would happen if I put four or five strangers together in a circle where each of them had a chance to reveal their problem? And at first I was concerned that, you know, no one would want to talk in front of these other people, but they completely did. And on top of it, they all felt so much happier after these sessions. They felt like their problems weren't that bad after all because they heard all these other people's problems. (laughs) So someone always has it worse than you, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that we're all in the same boat. We all walk around thinking that we're the only ones who could understand our unique problem. And at the end of the day, I think we all have the same six or seven problems. We like to think that ours are so unique and no one can get it. Well, I'd like to ask about that, actually, because, you know, one thing Kristen and I talked about a little bit about the book is how money factors into all of this. Because, I mean, I think we all know that that's one of the biggest reasons that people have arguments with their spouse or partner. It's one of the biggest stresses. So I think it's easy to talk about, like, make time for yourself and get manicures and let go of the guilt when you're not (laughs) really, truly struggling. And the book very much... I think is geared towards kind of white collar professional women. Is that fair to say? Definitely geared towards people with careers for sure. Because there were a few suggestions that I thought were great actually, where you had different experts offering suggestions for how to uncomplicate your life. And somebody said, hire a personal assistant. (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) help but laugh a little. Like that's not an option open to everyone. hundred percent. I agree. I think you have to estimate what your budget is for that kind of thing, clearly. So how do you talk about letting go of the guilt, being more chill with your situation at home when you do have financial struggles? Like, how does that factor in? Like, whether you're a single mom, whether you've lost a job, those things are more serious than, you know, oh no, I missed a PTA meeting. Well, just because you have financial issues doesn't mean that you need to stop having a good life today. That still means that you should be having fun with your friends. And it still means that on a Saturday night when you are hanging out with the kids, you can have another family over and enjoy adult company. Part of this is just saying, like, incorporate all of that stuff into your life. My exercise is taking a walk three times a week. Money has nothing to do with that. I think if you have six hours a week, make them super fun. I have had a number of people call my radio show who work six days a week and have one day a week with their children. This is more common than we realize. What you do with that day is going to determine your relationship with them. It's not about saying, oh my gosh, I only have one day a week with my kids. It's saying you only have one day a week with your kids. So how can you really strengthen your relationship in that day? And what I found is that most people would say, I'm so tired by the time that day comes, we just sit in bed and watch TV. And that to me was such a missed opportunity. It's like, okay, on Monday, tell your kid what the Sunday activity is going to be. It could be having a picnic in the park or going to the zoo or having a picnic in our own backyard. Those are the kinds of things that kids look forward to all week long. And then Every time you talk to them all week, say, I can't wait for our Sunday date. I can't wait for our Sunday date. And that strengthens your relationship all week long. So I think a lot of it is realizing life is meant to be enjoyed. Our kids get one chance at a childhood. And if they see us having more fun in life and getting involved in all of these different areas of our life, they're going to be a lot happier too. I just want to add to that for a second because I think that's really good. And as someone who works full time, but until recently, you know, I worked out of the house and ran my website business. So I was having two jobs. And I was that exhausted person you talk about who could only do TV. There's no way I could have gone to a zoo on a Sunday. I mean, I was a white. But what I learned was it was about the quality of the time. So even if it was just every night when my kids were younger,
longer reading bedtime stories to them or what they call like cuddle time where we just have a half an hour lying in bed in the dark and talking about our days or game night at home. We'll be like, tonight we're learning a new game or we're playing Scrabble. I just want to suggest to our listeners that it doesn't always have to be about like today is going to be the grand bowling day. (laughs) You know, sometimes it's simple things that are just all around you. Well, and quality is important. We get hooked into this idea that it's all about quantity and they have to see us and be with us all the time. But you know, guess what? Sometimes I'm not focused on them and I feel like it would be better if the time I was spending with them was me focused 100% on them, phone down, not doing dishes and trying to chat with them, not trying to do someone else's hair. And you know what? An hour with them doing that rather than 10 hours where I'm really only giving them maybe a quarter of my attention, I really feel like that's more valuable. Exactly. And I think that when you look at what makes kids really feel connected to their family, one of the things is rituals. And those rituals could literally be going to a new playground every you know week, or it could be on Thursday nights, we have make your own pizza night. It really doesn't matter what it is. They just like consistency and they know that they're going to have the time with you. And I really reject this idea that the quality of who we are as parents has anything to do with how much time we spend with our kids. It does not. That's why we always see, you know, you'll you'll see someone who said, my mom worked two jobs and she was the best mom in the world. They're not mm. saying, gosh, I really resent her for working two jobs and supporting our family. You know, we've all seen amazing moms who are working moms. We've seen really crappy moms who are working moms. And we've all seen amazing stay-at-home moms and really crappy stay-at-home moms. I think we could all agree that the quality of who you are as a parent has nothing to do with what kind of job you have or whether you work or not. You know, I grew up with divorced parents and my dad lived in a different city. And I never once thought of him as a part-time dad ever. Even though I didn't see him all the time, he was so involved with my life day to day and was so there for special occasions that he was just dad. And we have a great relationship today because of that. So I'm glad that you reassured people that it's not always about the number of hours you have because that's a huge source of guilt. We've gotten into this place of like FaceTime parenting and it's ridiculous. You know, how often do you see a mom who's overly helicoptering her kids because she doesn't have anything of her own outside of her kids? And we're all happier when we have goals. You know, having a hobby obviously does seem like a giant luxury when you have two kids under age five and you're working. It just seems like a joke to say, oh, play guitar on Saturdays, you know? (laughs) It's not (laughs) happening. But at the same time, could you probably do your childhood favorite hobby for an hour a month when the kids are really young and then move to a different kind of thing when they're older? Absolutely. And so the idea is, if it makes you really happy to be reading a book, make sure that for 15 minutes every night, you are reading a book in bed. It's just broadening our definition of what a life can look like. So Samantha, speaking of divorced parents, that Liz brought up, you know, single moms. Let's talk about that for a little bit because I think, hello, (laughs) you talk a lot about a supportive partner and I love that concept. I just don't have that in my life. Well, I do. I have a great boyfriend. You have an awesome boyfriend. I know, but he doesn't live with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he comes every week and makes dinner, which is amazing. And then, you know, we hang out on the weekends. But I think a lot of this has to do with having someone supportive in your life. But what if you don't? What do we tell moms who are in that situation. Okay, so I do have a part of the book called Finding the New Mr. Right, like how you find that good Or partner. Mrs. Right, too, right? It can be the new Mrs. Right Well, the for book some is actually us. written for women. Well, some women are with other women. Okay, so back to Kristen's original question, I've never seen a woman reach her potential who isn't either single or with a partner who 100% supports her dreams. It's just not possible to reach your career potential when you have someone who you're living with who 
isn't really supportive of you. I think that's fascinating. You know, I was formerly with someone who I would say, not being too specific, <laughs> that, that he would fit that description. Me too. But I also feel that I became really successful during that time. Maybe not to my potential, but did well enough because in part, we had such a crappy relationship. And Kristen and I always joke, if we weren't in crappy relationships, we wouldn't have had like the time to be <laughs> chatting with each other and building our business until midnight in bed every night. Yeah, that's the <laughs> truth, honestly. But we might be an anomaly. Well, when you look at your partner situation, I think there's a variety of situations. One is single moms who are partnered with someone who shares custody. So if their ex shares custody with them and they do have a lot of time without their kids, I think it's a lot easier for them to have lives where they're involved in a lot of different things. I think it's the single moms that I've worked with that have no partner in there at all, that it's a lot harder because if you're traveling for work or whatever, there is no one to hold down the fort. If you're out for a work dinner yet again, another night, or you know, you're working late, that induces a lot more guilt. Yeah. I actually love the section of the pie life where you write about the village. I mean, you dedicate a lot of energy to that. I mean, I think that's where this comes in, right, Liz? If you are a single mom, you just have to find your village. And what's great about the book is you have worksheets, right, Sam, like to figure out who's in it. Like, I love the one where you say, like, write down two or more mom friends you can count on, write down two guaranteed childcare providers, reliable neighbors. And I think that helps go back to your original point of realizing, like, things aren't so bad off, you have people you can rely on, or if you don't, finding them. I just love that you devote a lot of energy to that because I think sometimes our greatest support networks are people that are not blood relations or married to us. Well, when I first moved to California five years ago with my kids, we had no friends and no family when we arrived in Los Angeles, literally no one to put on the emergency contact list. And that first year, I kind of saw it as my job to find family friends because I was like, this is not actually safe. And I almost went about it like you would go about dating. (laughs) When I went and found Mitch, I had a spreadsheet. I was the crazy person on a mission. I treated it like a job search. So I don't necessarily think that's for everyone. But I do do that with friends a little bit. Like I went like friend hunting and, you know, my son just started kindergarten. So I was like, oh gosh, got to find two new mom friends in the class. And my husband's like, don't come on too strong, sweetheart. Like, you know, back off a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you have a spreadsheet to help like figure out who your friends are. I had a spreadsheet when I was dating because I was like a dating machine. I would just go on so many dates and I couldn't keep track of them. So I I kept a spreadsheet. (laughs) That's hilarious. That is a whole other show that I want to talk to you about. Can you imagine on Pinterest searching? Printable spreadsheets for dating. I love this though because I am the worst. I think, you know, for Liz and I, we work out of our home. So it's really hard to meet people. It is. It's hard to connect. She's in New York. I'm in Philly. You know, we do connect in other ways, but I think there is a challenge. And I am not super social. I don't have time or the energy to do the PTA stuff, to do the classroom mom stuff. But I love this idea of saying, okay, I need a village. I need some people that I can count on and I want to be there to help them too. So how do I go about doing this? Go do it. And by the way, it's not easy. Like you're going on a lot of first dates when you never want to see the person again. It's like first mom dates. And you like <laughs> you like ask them for coffee. And then afterwards, you're like, is there going to be a second date? You know, it's literally like that. Or like we've talked about the moms where you really like them until you're together with your kids. And then you're like, uh, oh, no, <laughs> we will never I hang know. out again. <laughs> it's so true. We used to do Sunday night dinners. And every Sunday, I would invite a new family over for dinner. Whoa, even if I, like, that's, that's risky. That's, no, it's risky, but... You 
you know what? It was like a great way to, first of all, you immediately know it's like, okay, their parenting style, like their kids always in a timeout. I want them out of my house immediately. Like I can't. <laughs> so you kind of like see what their parenting style is. You see how they are, if the families click and then it's like, okay, no more second dates. Like I went on like a hundred bad first dates when I moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> so I love that you also get advice. And this is what your other books, like your expert series of books does, which I think is so cool is as much as you're an expert yourself, you rely on the tips and tricks and advice from other moms, whether they're celebrities or high powered people or, you know, friends from all different walks of life. And I love that kind of collaborative, it takes a village feeling of mom advice books in general. And in your book, I know you have personal stories from so many women, Shonda Rhimes, Gail King, Lisa Ling, Liz Lang, so many really cool people. Is there anything in particular that stood out to you in terms of advice you never thought about before, something that made you think differently about work-life balance? It's back to what Kristen said in the beginning about how do you lose the guilt. And I think one of the ways is hearing these stories. And some of my favorite stories in the book are not necessarily lessons as much as, you know, how that feature in Us Magazine stars, they're just like us. And it's like, she has a <laughs> dripping ice cream cone or whatever it is. It's kind of like that. Like one of my favorite stories was a single mom story that Susie Welch told me. And Susie Welch, for those of you who don't know, is the Harvard Business Review editor-in-chief. She had four kids. It was a divorced single mom before she met Jack Welch. But mm-hmm. she tells these stories and they're so incredible. One night she was frantically trying to get home for dinner. Her kids kept calling her. Are you coming? She said, yes, yes. And they were waiting for her. She got home. All four kids were sitting at the table perfectly. <laughs> she felt so guilty. And she sits down with them. And right when dinner starts, her phone rings. And she's completely frazzled. She goes into her pocketbook and she's looking for it. And she can't find it. And she hears it ringing. And she just flips out and she dumps the entire bag on her table. And at that moment, she's like, the kids looked at me like I was completely insane. I'm like crazy getting the phone. And they said, it's an emergency. You have to get back to work. There's something wrong. And they waited for her for an hour. And she left within two minutes of getting home and said, I'm so sorry, you guys, I can't have dinner and ran back to the office. And now she has four adult children who are so close with her. They probably appreciate their mom more than most people. And you think it's okay. We get through those moments. There's another one that Susie Welch was giving a speech in Hawaii to insurance executives. And I think at this point she was married, but she felt so guilty about leaving her kids. So she decided to take the little ones with her on the trip and thought, it's okay. It won't be a big deal. Oh yeah. That's what we all do. We're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. (laughs) It'll be an adventure. No. We learned when I was a kid that whenever my mom said we're on a little adventure, that meant we were lost. I love that. So what happened? It did not go well, I'm well, assuming. Well, she enrolled her kids in a hula dancing class. <laughs> and while she's literally mid-speech, the doors were thrown open and her little kids are running down the aisle towards oh her. Oh my God. She said at that moment, I realized like every decision I was making was based on guilt and I needed to stop. And I think that we can all relate to a lot of those stories. On the lessons front, there's just one that I'll share with you, which is Shonda Rhimes. Her email signature says, if it is after 7 p.m., I will not be checking email. Oh, yes. One more reason love we love it. her. Oh she my is amazing. God, that's awesome. I know. And if Shonda Rhimes can do it, then we can too, right? I mean, she has four shows on TV right now. She's a single mom of three, and she is a rock star. But she is saying, after 7 p.m., I'm with my family. And she also writes on her email signature, if you work for me, please put down your phone. Oh, yeah. I love that. You know, we I actually recently saw... 
um, a note from Vice President Biden to his staff where he specifically said, I do not want you to miss family meetings, important events, birthdays, anniversaries, funerals. I don't want to ever hear that you miss something like that because of work. That's an important part of life. And I thought, God, what a dad. (laughs) Well, you know, here's the thing. The digital age is awesome. Phones are awesome. iPads and that sort of thing. But they've made us more available to people than we really should be. And I think what happens Mm. is if you've done it once or twice, then people get used to it. And they're like, oh, well, she's checking her texts or emails after a certain time. So I know I can get a hold of her. And so I love this idea of setting boundaries, which is really what that is, is setting boundaries and not feeling bad about it. You know what my trick is, is I think about my lawyer (laughs) because I'm like... He's charging me $300 or however much for like half an hour of my time, even when I'm chatting on the phone. He's not checking my emails. He's not returning any text of mine until the next day. (laughs) So I try to channel my divorce lawyer and be like, you know, that's how I'm going to handle things because they have life. Why am I, you know, sending someone a reply to an email at 11 o'clock? I agree. And you know what? That's why we talked about Boomerang. This is such a cool tech tip for our listeners. Install Boomerang onto your Gmail. What it lets you do is even if you're writing a reply after hours, it lets you schedule it so you can send it out the next morning so that people at least won't think you're working at night. And then um, it kind of sets boundaries even if you are still working on it. So that's what I do. And Samantha, don't you think hearing these stories from people, I mean, I love hearing from regular people. I love hearing celebrity stories. If anything, just makes you feel better about your own self. You're like, oh, because we get stuck in a vacuum. At least I feel like I do. And I don't know what's going on. And I'm so hard on myself. And then I hear, other people and I'm like, oh my God, they did that. I'm not that bad. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm just obsessed with people's stories because I think whenever women get together and swap their stories, they all feel better. We just don't do it enough. So Kristen, you have so much homework now. You have to go out and make all those mom friends and then you're going to plan a mom's night out. I know. Well, listen, I was just in yoga therapy, which I'm doing now. I'm the gentleman who is my therapist asked me all these questions and he's like, so do you have any hobbies? And I was just like, I'm sorry, what what's that word? Wait, wait, said? wait. Hobbies. I have to go back. Yoga therapy? Yes. I'm starting yoga therapy. So that wasn't like a metaphor, like yoga is my therapy. No, no. It's literally yoga therapy. Oh my God. I have um Nestle therapy. You have Nestle chocolate <laughs> therapy. Well, he was asking me about my hobbies and I could not say one thing. And I'm like, okay, this has to change. So I'm I'm ready, Samantha. I'm ready. Bring on the pie in my face. <laughs> And it's going to be messy and gooey. So listen, I'd love to just close this segment out. Off the top of your head, what are a few quick tips for moms to help them get through the tough times and ditch the guilt? Okay. Well, one of them is to really just have, if you can, two hours tech-free every day. And that means that every day you are going to commit to just turning off your phone when you're with your kids. And that makes them feel so much better than if you were with them for 10 hours and distracted the whole time. Can you start at one hour? Can you work your way up? One hour (laughs) devoted time without any tech seems like a dream. 100% agree. And then the other thing is really give yourself permission to be involved in all these slices of your life and make really small goals for each one. For example, we were talking about beauty earlier in the segment and you were like, how do you have time for manicures? But like, One of my friends, the only time I see her is that we get a manicure every two weeks together and it's a plan. It's like, I know I have to get a manicure for work, but I also can spend time with her and it's like our time to catch up. And 
I'm kind of nailing, you know, two slices in one. So looking for those opportunities, like you're going to have to feed your kid on Sunday night anyway, might as well do it with another family. And then you're making friends and you're bonding with another family. It's like the best kind of multitasking. You could even get manicures while eating with the family. And that's like three right there. I would do I that. I don't know about that. That would be really chicken. As long as I'm not cooking. Yeah. I want to see that. Uh, and then I think, you know, one of the biggest things is the setting boundaries thing. If you work from home, you have to act as though you work in an office. Setting your boundaries of, I work every day from eight to four, whatever it is that works for your life. If you set that time as though there's a boss there waiting for you to get in, then you're not going to see your time disappear. But what I find in a lot of people who either are entrepreneurs or in freelance jobs or work from home jobs, they end up watching their time go away because they'll show up at school and someone will say, oh my gosh, do we need one more volunteer for the field trip? And you're like, I guess I can do it. I can push that stuff till tonight. Or they say, oh, you know, can you buy mom's gift? Because, you know, I'm in the office all day and you're not. Do you mind just picking it up on the way home? We end up getting in this bad routine where we set no boundaries for ourselves. So the best thing you can do, whether you're in a corporate job or a non-corporate job, is set those boundaries. Yes, Liz needs to take a lunch break. Liz. I know, I'm always, every day, I'm like, it's three o'clock, I haven't eaten yet, I I know, and I get the text from Liz, and I'm like, Liz, you have to eat. So I've been doing it myself. I've been setting a lunch break. I used to say, like, how do people forget to eat? And I I become (laughs) one of those people. And then I I remember because I can't see straight and I'm going to pass out when I stand up. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to eat. Well, this has been so helpful. And we are so thrilled that you've been here. We want people to be able to find you. So, of course, The Pie Life, you can find it. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, it's everywhere. And if it looks like it's sold out on Amazon, it will be back on Amazon or you know, Google it or go to your local indie bookstore and support them. Yes. And then where can folks find you on the web and on the social medias? They can find me on my website, samanthaedis.com or on Twitter, Instagram at Samantha Edis, or they can join my very lively Facebook community of working moms at facebook.com slash Samantha Edis. Ooh, lively. And I love following you. I think you tweet really interesting articles and you actually also share them on Facebook. So it's not just your own stuff. You really are such a great curator when it comes to work-life prioritization, if you will. And hey, if anybody wants to find us, we're there too. You can check out our podcast page at coolmompics.com. You can find us at coolmompics on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest, or you can always drop us an email, spawned at coolmompics.com. We love getting them and we write back. We'll be back with our cool picks right after this. So, Liz, I am so happy to talk about our sponsor, Flapjacked. That's J-A-C-K-E-D. Because I don't know about you, but I am always on the lookout for healthy breakfast ideas for my kids. I'm sure that's like all parents, isn't it? Yes, it is. We spend a lot of time on Cool Mom Eats helping parents find healthy breakfast ideas that are not just like cereal and go. Yeah, and these are (laughs) awesome. My kids have been trying these out, and what they are, they're these little packs, like a little cup, and basically what kids can do, and it's the best they can do it on their own, is they just add a little water, Mm -hmm. you pop it in the microwave for 35 seconds, and you've got a muffin that's got 20 grams of protein. What? Can you believe that? I know. It's insane. That's great. I know. So it's kind of like making a little thing of instant oatmeal, only you get a super high-octane protein muffin for your kids. Yeah. Yeah, and it's got no GMOs. These are gluten-free. And I have to say, I mean, I looked at the sugar count. It's got 10 grams of sugar that's as equal to, like, my kids' healthy cereal that they're eating in the morning. So I'm all for it. In fact, my kids have been eating them for dessert. <laughs> and you know what actually is appealing to me? When you look at the flavors, some ores, chocolate peanut butter. Hello. 
I think I'll be trying these for myself. And hey, Spawn listeners, you guys can get $10 off their Mighty Muffin Sampler Pack with discount code COOL10. Just head over to Flapjacked, the J-A-C-K-E-D.com. That means you can try all six muffin flavors for half off their normal price. So use code COOL10 at Flapjacked.com. All right. Well, now it's time for... Cool Picks of the Week! Cool Picks of the Week! Samantha, you're here. You're our guest. Would you like to share your cool pick? I feel like I was just interviewed by, like, mommy royalty. Ah, You're awesome. (laughs) So what's your cool pick? You're a cool mom. So, well, right now, I have a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old just turning 9 next weekend, and a 6-year-old. And I don't know about you, but... I have media on the brain at all times. I'm always like trying to figure out the screen time rules. Right there with you. I hate it. Anyway, I'm such a slave to common sense media. We love them, yeah. Anytime my kid's like, can I watch this movie? And of course, the ages keep creeping up. Like, I'm sure you can watch the 14 and under movie, even though you're 10. Like, the ages that I allow keep creeping up. But I'm very dependent on common sense media. And the other thing that has been working so well with our kids is we have this rule that in the car, you can never watch a DVD or... You know, there's no DVD player in the car, even on really long road trips. You know, we went last year to Sequoia National Park and it was like a seven hour drive and we do a lot of those. But one of the things that we've been doing is listening to audiobooks. And you can imagine that it's very hard to find an audiobook that like a six year old and a 10 year old will enjoy. And what we found is the old Nancy Drew books. Get out! All three kids are obsessed with them. And we've now unfortunately finished all of them. And now we are onto the Hardy Boys. Binge listening. I love that. Awesome. And I love that everyone likes it. It's two girls and a boy, right? Exactly. That's like the holy grail. I know. And I love that, like, my son has grown up with, like, Nancy Drew. I mean, how great is that? And now we're on to the Hardy Boys. And I feel like that's okay, even though it's very boy. I feel like it's okay because we just did the Nancy Drew ones. I think it's all good. I think smart kids and smart women and smart boys, like, all good. All good role models for kids. All right. Well, my pick of the week is my newest obsession. Actually, this is kind of a hobby, and it knocks off the exercise one on the list of things I am obsessed with pure bar and I am not afraid to say it. And that's a workout, <laughs> right? That's a It is a workout. Have you guys heard of pure bar? I'm sure you've probably heard of some sort of bar class. Yeah. Yeah, so I was a ballet dancer for many years, which really means nothing in these classes by the way. Belly dancer or ballet dancer? I was a ballet dancer. Oh god, I would be the scariest belly dancer ever. <laughs> I'm picturing you now. <laughs> no, don't with do like it. I'm so sorry. And like those little clangy <laughs> symbols on your fingers. Those are the things of nightmares, Liz. <laughs> no, it's called Pure Bar. And I've done other bar workouts before. I've done bar three and that sort of thing. But I really love Pure Bar. In fact, it's the only exercise thing that I've actually crave. Like I'm like, when can I take another class? When can I take another class? And it's kind of like Pilates on crack. <laughs> That's, what I, <laughs> That's how I describe it. It's 55 minutes and I cannot think of anything else because it's so hard. I'm not thinking about, oh, no, I've got to write this post or, oh, no, I've got to, like, pick up her soccer stuff from the wherever. I can't even think about anything else other than trying to stay upright and not <laughs> fall over. And it's the best thing ever. So if you guys have a pure bar near you, definitely try it out. I'm a huge fan now. That's a good pick. Yeah. Mine is very different than that. It's I will vote dot com. Amen. Totally free. Yes. Go there, please. And it's an easy way to <laughs> register to vote. Check your status. You asked so nicely. You're like, go there, please. <laughs> I'd be like, get the hell over there. Get the right hell now. over there. This is an important election. But anyway, if you go to IWillVote.com, it's a really easy form, single page. You can register to vote. Check your status, which is important. Maybe you moved. You want to make sure you have no problems on election day, or you can just update your registration. So please go there. And as Kristen discovered in a 
post she just wrote about this very thing. If you can't even remember that, just go to Google and Google how do I vote or register to vote. You don't even need to. It's the funniest thing, Samantha. Did you know this? Like if you Google the word, I was Googling like fancy terms like how do I check my voter registration card? (laughs) And I literally just typed the word vote in on Google and boom, Boom. it gives you a widget where you can check your registration. You can find out. I love that. Isn't that great? It's so easy. So guys, it's really smart. But if you have like weird privacy Google issues and stuff, you can also just go to IWillVote.com. But either way, please make sure that you vote because voting is my cool pick of the week. Awesome. And listen, everybody, we will link all of the stuff that we've talked about today. We'll link up Samantha's book, The Pie Life. We will link up more things than you probably can read. And we have great tips from Samantha on our website. If you are not a working mom and want to get back into the workforce, she has terrific tips on how to un-mommy track yourself, which are really good. Yeah. So head over to CoolMomPicks.com. Look for our podcast page. And of course, you can always find us on Twitter at CoolMomPicks with a hashtag Spawn Show. Check us out on Facebook or hey, drop us an email, spawned at CoolMomPicks.com. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Spawned. And thanks to our amazing special guest, Samantha Edda. Thanks, you guys. You're awesome. Woo-hoo. Our sound engineer is John Bowen, and he is awesome. And we love hearing from you guys. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help other people find our show. And we love more listeners. Right, Liz? The more we can get, the better. Yay, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. And download our episodes. Thanks so much for listening to Spawn. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.